0: It's time to eat. Get in my belly.
1: Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva.
2: Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaton
0: Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eatin' Podcast, the show that's so nice. We do it twice, baby. NFL teams reporting for training camp this week, the Ravens and the Bears. So we are as well, two-a-days, Ross and Evan with you all the way through the 2018 NFL season, which is awesome, and it's going to be here before you know it. We are presented today by SquadQL. Squad QL was awesome. We've been telling you guys about this in the tweets a little bit. Brian, on our Twitter handle, at RTF Podcast, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, and Evan, the star of the show, Evan Silva from Roto World, is at Evan Silva. But we've been telling you, we've been tweeting about Squad QL, and now I just want to tell you a little something about it. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's the only app you need to dominate your fantasy football season this year. It's currently available for baseball. The app optimizes your fantasy football and baseball teams, suggests trades, and free agent ad drops. It's awesome. It is the perfect app. It's basically changing the fantasy game. You can even sync your ESPN, CBS, and Yahoo leagues right to the app and optimize your lineup Create transactions and get trade suggestions all right in the app. Make sure you download the Squad QL app. And if you do that, by the way, that could be one of the ways that you try to enter the season-long fantasy feast league. Because I already told you, for the for the last best ball we're doing, it's going to be a mott and Bow guy. It's going to be someone that. That makes an order at Mountain Bow. But, squad QL could get you in on the season league, I think. What a cool show we have for you today. We don't often talk to players on the Fantasy Feast podcast, but we got Terrence West, who's a name to watch in New Orleans, the former Ravens running back. And we've got Kenyon Drake, who took the league by storm. Plus, Evan, I got to get your thoughts on some of the big news of this week. All right, Evan, I love it. Episode number two this week, and we will dive into the Terrence West and Kenyon Drake interviews momentarily, but there has been some news this week, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on the fantasy implications of such. So let's start with Le'Veon Bell. No long-term deal You know, there was some speculation. Adam Schefter told me that he might even sit out half the year to try to stay healthy. Uh, His agent said he's going to skip training camp, but barring something unforeseen, he'll be there week one. What I find fascinating about this, though, Evan, is how could there not be a point of contention between the organization and Le'Veon's usage all year long? I mean, Le'Veon and his representatives know Mm -hmm. that another 400 touches, back-to-back 400-touch seasons, would really only hurt his value in free agency in March. He knows that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why they were even considering skipping games. So I'm wondering, you know, on on episode one, you talked with Mike Beers about, uh, you know, the, the four top running backs. I wonder if that become sort of a a tiebreaker where you wonder if Le'Veon has a nagging injury, a quote-unquote nagging injury, or you wonder if he and his representatives make it very clear to the Steelers that they don't want that kind of volume again. How are you going to treat this?
1: Uh, I think he's going to end up getting the volume because I think that the Steelers want, out, want him out there. They don't really have any viable backups. James Conner struggled as a rookie. Uh, couldn't get on the field during the regular season, you know, wasn't good in the preseason, uh, struggled in pass protection, um, you know, has, has dealt with multiple knee injuries already. Uh, Steven Ridley, Cheryl Toussaint, um, Jalen Samuels, a kind of like tailback slash H-back slash tight end, you know, I – I I don't think they're going to end up pulling him off the field, and I don't think that Le'Veon is going to want to be pulled off the field at the end of the day. I mean, he's a competitor; he's going to be out there. I I understand that theoretically, if he has fewer touches, it will be better for his going forward outlook. Um, But I I don't think he's going to want to come off the field, man. I think that he's, you know, this is this is what he was born to do. This is, you know, so I don't think he's going to want to come off, and I I definitely don't think he's going to hold out. Uh, he essentially confirmed that by saying that he intends for this to be his best ever season. He's not going to have his best ever season if he holds out. You know, the holding out into the season, I guess it worked with Emmett Smith back in the day. But, you know, that's where 20, 25 years removed from that. You know, the last big one was, uh, I think, Vincent Jackson. That, that didn't help anybody. Every game that Le'Veon uh, Bell would miss would cost him almost a million dollars. So I don't think that that's going to happen. I think we're gonna, I think the over under for when he reports is September one, which is when he reported last year, and that'll be what you know ten days or so before week one. And I think that that's and I think we'll see him out there almost on a full time basis. Uh, last year I think he was 40 out of 63 snaps in week one against Cleveland. That's a little bit below what he usually gets. Uh, but I, I think that you know they will have had experience uh, with him coming back on, on short notice, uh, and the offense really isn't going to change. I know that they changed OCs, but they just promoted internally with, with Randy Fickner. So um, I'm I'm not worried about it. I'm keeping Le'Veon Bell at number two behind Todd Gurley, which is where I've had him all offseason.
0: Yeah, I, I I would probably drop him a spot or two. Just talking with Adam Schefter his agent is very, very well aware that the goal now is to be healthy and to be as marketable as possible for March of 2019, and another 400 touches isn't going to get that done. So I wonder what they do behind the scenes to try to lighten the load. And he did that, by the way, in 15 games. So – that will be a really interesting thing to watch. I, mean, I think he's still one of the top four guys. I just, I, I think I might be thinking Zeke Elliott and David Johnson before Le'Veon Bell now uh, among that group. A guy that did get paid, Evan, yesterday was Brandon Cooks, or I guess Tuesday could we post this one on Thursday? But Brandon Cooks, five years, eighty-one million dollars. Does that have any impact on his value for you this year? And it could be, there's different ways of looking at it, right? You can say, well, if he's on the last year of his deal, he would have been really motivated, and now maybe he's not as motivated, or you can look at it the other way, whereas, well, now the Rams have really committed to him, and he's going to be a major focal point of their offense. Or you can say, Ross, you're being stupid. Uh, the contract has no impact whatsoever on his value, in my mind, I still have him right where I had him the whole time.
1: Well, yeah, I'm not going to change him. I mean, he's not in a contract year anymore. Uh, But, you know, we've done studies on players in contract years, and there's no real correlation between, like, having breakout years in contract years versus having breakout years in non-contract years, you you know. Or, you know, it's just there's not, like, a real big indication that, Something is going to change in his production. What's more, um, what's more relevant for Brandon Cooks is that he's going from over the last three seasons, um, averaging 120 targets per year with Drew Drew Brees and Tom Brady, to going to an offense where last year no player even went over, even got to 95 targets on the team, and. Um, you know he's got Jared Goff, and I mean Jared Goff had a very nice second season, and I think that it, you know it looks now like he's going to be a solid pro. But putting him in the same range as Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady, I think that that would be a little aggressive. Um, and he's got a lot of competition for targets. I mean Todd Gurley is one of the most heavily utilized receiving backs in the NFL. Uh, Cooper Cup was an excellent rookie, and he's going to continue to be their their go to guy in the red zone. Uh, Robert Woods didn't stay healthy all year, but he was the one. He was their target leader on a per game basis. He, his pace was about 114 targets last year. Uh, I think that we may see more of Gerald Everett this year, the second year tight end. Uh, so his his statistical projection is not remotely what it was the last couple of years uh, with Brady and Breeze. Uh, with that said, you know, I, I've noticed him start to fall in drafts to the point where I'm willing to take him because there has been like a lot of kind of negative rhetoric about him for all the reasons that I just mentioned, which I think are all true. But, you know, when when he's going like when he's starting to drop to that fifth, sixth round turn, which he has been on play draft. I mean, I'm taking him there. He's he's got big game potential. And I do think he's going to be much more heavily utilized than Sammy Watkins was last year. And that's the line a lot of people like to draw because he is, you know, theoretically jumping into that role. But Sammy Watkins wasn't a Ram until a month before the season last year. And Brandon Cooks is going to have been a Ram for the entire offseason to be integrated into the passing game much more so than Sammy Watkins was. So, you know, I've, I've started to draft Brandon Cooks. Because he's falling to a point in drafts where I think that he, you know, it's time to start taking him.
0: Finally, before we get to the interviews, the, the last guy I wanted to ask you about, and we found this out late Tuesday night Ricky Seals Jones. I know I've seen you mention him on Twitter. You've talked about him here on the Fantasy Feast podcast. He was arrested over the weekend, Saturday, on suspicion of assault disorderly conduct, disruptive behavior, and criminal trespassing in Scottsdale, Arizona. It looks like he just went into a restaurant or a hotel and had to use the bathroom, and uh, things got things got a little hairy after that. And I'm just wondering how that impacts you. I mean, we just finished up the, the Fantasy Feast June MFL draft. We get another one, the July one, coming up. Then we'll have the season-long league, and... You know, I know he's a guy that you've kind of targeted. Does this affect that at all?
1: Maybe a little bit. Um, you know, it puts him at risk of suspension. You know, I'm with you that it, it sounds like sounds like almost like a misunderstanding uh, based on what we know. But um, no, I'll tell you what it
0: was. Yeah, I mean, I'll just tell you. Reading it sounds to me like he was he was he was hammered. And and was walking around. Really had to go to the bathroom. Went in, and they would not let him use the bathroom. No matter you know, no matter how he said, they wouldn't let him use it. And he got angry about that. met you know, and he didn't handle it the right way. But that's certainly what it Sounds like it happened to me. And honestly, I I I've been there. Now I didn't handle it the way he did, but I might have wanted to at the time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Hey, when when you gotta go, you gotta go, man. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, it, it does theoretically put him at risk of suspension, but it, it really sounds like not anything serious, and maybe gets like re- reduced some to something that's much more, you know, much smaller. I, I would guess that you know the, all the charges and everything sound really, really blown out of proportion. But um, I would say that yeah, it, it, it probably will. I haven't done any drafts since the news came out, which was last night. Uh, But, yeah, I think that it probably would move him down, uh, uh, you know, a round or so uh, in terms of where I'd be willing to target him. I do want to try to get more information before I say anything definitive. But, um, yeah, I think that it probably would impact where I'm willing to draft him, you know, which was previously like 15th and 16th round. And I probably wouldn't take him uh, before the 17th at this point.
0: You know, it's always interesting. You get a chance to talk to to different guys. I did some of Terrence West games when he was in college at Towson. He's like one of the best FCS running backs ever, and a lot of people were excited about him when he came into the league. And he's kind of bounced around. He did some good things in 2016 back in his hometown of Baltimore before he got hurt last year and wasn't really able to do very much, and I had a chance just to ask him about the opportunity that he now has in New Orleans with Mark Ingram suspended for the first four games
1: he yeah i mean he he does have uh, more opportunity than I think anybody realizes. I recently did my Saints preview, and there is a four game window where and the Saints have an incredible schedule uh, in, in the first four weeks, like one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. And, it, it, you know, and these looks like ga- these look like games where they're going to be ahead and they'll be able to give carries to another guy. Now, he's, he's, he's going to need to beat out Jonathan Williams, uh, who is another talented, kind of similar, uh, bigger built back. Boston Scott, uh, smaller rookie, more in the Alvin Kamara role or mold. And Trey Edmonds, who was a backup slash special teamer for them last year. And that's going to be uh, an underrated camp battle to monitor because any guy getting like nine to 12 touches per game behind Alvin Kamara in positive game scripts, behind that awesome offensive line uh, on a team that's going to be playing ahead, you know, with Drew Brees on the field and scoring points, that guy is going to have fantasy value. And I would say that Terrence West is probably the, the slight favorite for that job right now. Um, you know, I, I haven't really been taking him in any fantasy drafts, but but once we start to see how things unfold in the preseason, and, we very, and I very much expect that to happen, you know, that we will get a clearer picture and we'll know going into week one who's the number two back in this backfield. Uh, at that point, he's going to become a guy who we should be looking at uh, in the late rounds and who could score some touchdowns uh, in that first month of the season. And who's to say that, that you know, if he excels, they automatically go back to Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's in his last year, the last year of his contract. You know, Sean Payton has, has a history of not being totally committed to Mark Ingram in the past. Uh, Sean Payton expressed displeasure with Mark Ingram not showing up for OTAs. Uh, and you know, we saw what happened last year when, when, uh, when Willie Sneed got suspended, you know, we, we didn't hear much from him the rest of the way. I mean, I think he had, uh, eight catches in 11 games. So I, again, I don't think that Mark Ingram is necessarily going to get doghouse that badly, but man, I mean, you have a a great opportunity for one of these backs to step forward. And I think that Terrence West is the, the slight favorite right now to be that guy.
0: Well, let's hear what he had to say to me over the weekend at the National Fantasy Football Convention. All right, I don't get a chance to say this very often, talking to an NFL guy, but it's a guy that I called his games back when he was in college oh, yeah. at Towson. Dude, you lit it up. I should probably say his name right. Terrence West, running back uh, for the New Orleans Saints. You lit it up right from the jump in college. In college, yeah. Now, is your, what was your deal? You were supposed to go to Georgia, and then you went to Towson instead or something like that? Is that you? Mm-mm. You no. were always going to Towson? I went
2: to uh, prep school. And I, I was supposed to go to Clemson. That's
0: Come right. Come out of prep school, but you're from Baltimore. I'm from Baltimore, and you wanted to stay home, and you wanted. Uh, yeah, get a actually,
2: I wanted to go to a big, big school, but everything yeah, it didn't work out like that. So I stayed. I walked on at Towson. You walked on? Yeah, I walked on, bro. I had to take a loan out. Seriously? Swear. How quick was it until Ambrose gave you the gave you the full ride? After spring ball. Spring ball had a great spring ball. Uh, then I got, like, a partial scholarship. Then I took off my, my freshman year, and I got it full out. For sure. Yeah,
0: I mean, you totally turned that program around.
2: Yeah, I had some, I had some good players on the team. I had some good guys yeah, on the did. team. Yeah, you did. I loved your center, the military dude. Yeah. He yeah. was mean. Yeah. He was yeah. good. I forget his name. I'm talking about Doug Shaw?
0: Yeah, yeah. Doug we interviewed Shaw. that guy. He was awesome. Then yeah. you, had, you had pretty good offensive tackles, yeah. too. Yeah, you had some good players Yeah, all around. All right, He's so tough. what year is this for you now in the league? It's my fifth year. Fifth. So last year... Uh, Baltimore. What was it like to be in the NFL, back in your hometown, back with the Ravens? Tell, tell me the pros and cons of that.
2: Uh, it was amazing. I mean, I grew up a Ravens fan, and uh, I always wanted to play for the Ravens. So I, I accomplished that goal. And uh, the pro, pros is you playing for your hometown. Yeah. The cons are you know have your ups and downs. People want tickets and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, those type of things.
0: What did you have to, what, did, what What did you do ticket wise? So no. you say no?
2: I say no. He'd be mad at me.
0: They get over it, though. <laughs> All right. So you got an opportunity in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. What did what did Peyton? What did they say to you when they signed you? I actually had like it was out
2: of me and uh, Jamal Charles. We was working out. Wow. It was out of me and him. And
0: you guys to me are very different backs. Yeah. Like, to so, me, I mean, I know you got some wiggle, but I look at you as like physical, like yeah, a banger.
2: Yeah. So. uh. That's what they was trying to tell Jamal. Jamal Charles, he did not fit what they was looking for. So, because you know Mark Angles is down for four games. Right.
0: They already have Kamara, who's like a Jamal Charles. Yeah. So. By the way, do you know Jamal Charles has averaged five point five yards a carry for his career? Yeah, for That's sure. It's the craziest. Like, I think he's the most underrated NFL player ever. Yeah. Five and a half yards a carry yeah. for his whole ten years. He's a he's a beast. It's unbelievable. Why, why don't you think he gets as much love as he should?
2: Uh, I, I really don't know. I, I really think the, the injury set him back, but he still looked good. He's, don't take, he yeah. still looked good, but I think in his lead, when you get injured and stuff like that, uh, they look at that.
0: All right, so you got a real good opportunity there to be one, you and Kamara the first four weeks at least. Is that how you're looking at it?
2: Yeah, for sure. I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity Um, have a great camp and uh, get things started. I'm going to make it hard for uh, – my my goal is to make it hard for – when, when 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 it's my time, when Mark Ames come back, and just make it hard for the coaches.
0: Right. I if you're to. playing well and, yeah. and rolling, it. they got a good offensive line too, man. They have a great offensive line. They got a real deal line. Gerard O-line. Bush, Roy,
2: you know, he came from Towson too. Yeah. yeah. This
0: will probably be the best O line you played behind, isn't it? Well,
2: I mean, no, don't, don't, I'm not gonna disrespect the guys that I played. Yeah. We had some good offensive line in Cleveland, uh, and but Baltimore, really. yeah.
0: I mean, Baltimore, they were just all hurt. Yeah, that's everybody exactly. got I was about to say that I yeah, yeah, was yeah, uh, uh, like, every year,
2: yeah, it always one big guy go down and another you gotta move people around. So it things like that. If like.
0: Do you think uh you think Flacco still has it? You think he'll rise up to the occasion this year? Yeah,
2: for sure. Flacco's a beast. Like you said, the offensive line had trouble up front with injury. So you gotta with a quarterback like Joe Flacco, you gotta give him some time. He definitely he's definitely a beast for sure. How much are you weighing right now? Two twenty-two. Is that, like that where you want to be? Yeah, I've been like I've been that way since college. My whole life, like for real. But not my whole life, but since I've been playing college ball.
0: How's your body feel? Great. You got a lot of touches, man. Especially in college. Yeah, yeah. They used you. Yeah, they definitely used. I you. I mean, you were good. I don't blame them. But yeah. they, they, you, they. Is there any part of you that thinks, man, it would have been nice if they didn't give me so many touches? Or you were just happy to be the man? No. wow well, well,
2: If I had one less carry, I probably wouldn't be right here right now. Think about it. Yeah? Every every carry counted. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. All right, so uh you were you there the whole spring? Whole spring? In New Orleans. When did they sign you? No, they just signed me like a month ago.
0: Okay. So you haven't really worked with Camaro
2: yet? No, I haven't been in OTE. I I wasn't there yet. This this is my walking to the training camp is like my first time.
0: So have they sent you the playbook? Are you ready to go? Yeah, Send me the playbook. Yeah, that was so, so they There's not that there's not that many. Run plays anyway. I mean, there's not that many.
2: No, most of m- most of the terminology in the NFL as falls as your position. It stays the same, right? So it's similar. Yeah. So are you looking at this as as like a as like a last chance opportunity? Every time I step on the field, is a last chance. So I'm not I'm not looking down. I'm not looking down uh, further down the hit, uh down the line. I'm taking advantage of what's at right now, what's in front of me.
0: Go get it, man. Ball out. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you run over some dudes for sure. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I like that attitude, Evan. He said, you know, he wants to play so well that he makes it a tough decision for the the coaches when Mark Ingram comes back. That's how he's looking at it. He feels like he's the guy for those four games, and if he's playing well, that he wants to play well enough that they say, you know what, we're not. We're not going to take him out. And you know what? I like that attitude because a year ago, Evan, the Miami Dolphins traded Jay Ajayi, and we were all sitting here thinking, what are they doing? They don't have anybody else. And then Kenyon Drake came on the scene, and really I thought was was pretty darn impressive when he got his opportunity last year. What do you think about Kenyon Drake's prospects this year?
1: Yeah, he he was excellent last year. I mean, he he showed tackle-breaking ability. One of his biggest weaknesses coming out of Alabama was his ability to pass protect, Uh, yet uh, he had a great uh, pass-blocking efficiency rating at Pro Football Focus. Uh, He's always been skilled in the passing game. The questions around him are uh, very little track record of big-time workhorse usage, Uh, In college, he never had more than 92 carries in a season. Uh, And over the last six years, he's never gone over 133 carries. Last year was, was of course, his career high. But, man, he is an exciting guy. How much work is he going to end up losing to Frank Gore? And how quickly will uh, the fourth-round pick, Kalen Balaj, come along? Because he's a very talented guy. Um, And they, they really liked him early at spring workouts, Kenyon Drake was a. I. I. He's one. I'll, I'll say this. He's one of the most fascinating, uh, RB two options in fantasy drafts this year.
0: Well, I really enjoyed getting a chance to talk with him. I. I asked him about Frank Gore, and I asked him about how he would be used with the Dolphins this year, and I want you to get a chance to hear what he had to say to me here. Good to talk with Kenyon Drake, running back for the Miami Dolphins. So obviously, we're at a national fantasy football convention. Tell me how you're feeling about fantasy football after you know you had such a big year last year. I'm sure you got a lot of love from people.
3: Yeah, I um, I really wasn't really too into it before last year because you know people, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna pick you up on my fantasy team, and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not really playing that much beforehand, <laughs> so I'm not gonna be much of an impact. But then you know. Uh, after the season ended and just rocking randomly up, people just be like, you know, oh, you saved my fantasy season or, you know, you did really good at the end of the year. I'm just like, you know, I'm, I just wish we would have won a little bit more games in real life. But, hey, as, as long as, you know, I'm, I'm making other people happy with, you know, with whatever they're involved with, then I'm, I'm happy too. How do
0: you think they're going to split up the carries between you and Frank this year?
3: Um... You know I'm, I have no clue we 'll kind of figure that out as the season kind of progresses um, you know at the end of the day, whatever helps his team win more games that 's what i 'm all for.
0: How impressive is it that he 's still playing after all these years and all those carries
3: yeah man he's uh, he 's just the epitome of longevity in this in this season in this uh, this league so uh, just seeing somebody in the flesh, especially at a position that has like a really low shelf life um, as running back is um, is just really impressive and it, I just want to just you know pick his brain and get all I can from him while you know while he's still in the league just so I can you know, pr- you know, put myself in the same situation. Yeah, Kenny, what do you expect them to do on passing downs? Do you think you'll, you'll be in on most of the passing downs? Yeah, man, I don't know. I can't really give you all the game plan, <laughs> but uh, we'll just kind of see, like I said, as, a, as camp kind of pulls on and you know, as the season progresses, you know, we'll just kind of roll with the punches. Did you, uh, did you expect to
0: do as well as you did last year? I mean, you kind of were off the radar, and then they traded Jai, and you went in and you blew up.
3: I mean, Did you think you were capable of doing that? I mean, I'm, I'm in this position for a reason, you know, uh, just because a lot of other people didn't, you know, know who I was or whatever the case may be. You know, I, I knew I had an opportunity to put myself in the best position to, you know, make plays for this team. And that's what I'm going to continue to do.
0: All right. So do you hear from more people that are Dolphins fans and want to talk about the Dolphins or more people that are fantasy fans and want to ask you about fantasy? Or talk to you about fantasy?
3: Uh, probably both. You know, it's, it's Especially being in Miami, obviously, it's like the best of both worlds because obviously there are Dolphin fans and then there are people who are fantasy fans. So they asked me about fantasy probably just as much as the Dolphins. So it's pretty cool just seeing how everything, the the two worlds kind of collide. Good luck this year, man. Stay healthy. Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: Really enjoyed that and getting a chance to talk to them. Just like I really enjoy pro football focus. You know, I've always just used them to see their player rankings as they go through and evaluate every player, every play, every game, which is awesome. But you can really use their data and only their data exclusive to give you an edge with the best fantasy stats and projections. If you join PFF Edge, you get full access to PFF's rankings, their fantasy draft tools, their positional matchup charts, and of course... Their awesome, award-winning website content. And if you're a high-stakes player, you should step it up to PFF Elite, which includes everything in Edge, plus the complete premium stats database, green line game picks, and DFS Optimizer. PFF Fantasy leads you to victory with data-driven projections, expert rankings, and roster advice all year long. From draft night through the fantasy playoffs, the experts at PFF will give your team the inside advantage. Join PFF Fantasy today and prepare to win. Sign up now at profootballfocus.com. Always interesting to hear from guys as to how much of an impact, you know, fantasy football has on them and people asking them questions about it and bringing it up. And even I was trying as much as I could to get as much out of him in terms of how he expects the touches to be divvied up there in Miami. We always get questions, Evan, that are pretty cool. People take advantage of any of our sponsors, especially com this week, if they want to go ahead and get the final spot in the July best ball draft which is pretty awesome, and so I highly encourage people. Send that to me. You get a chance to get in the league, and you can ask a question if you want. This one comes to us, Evan, from Pete, and Pete said – Pete took advantage of the Omaha Steaks deal over on the sponsor page at Rostucker.com. He said, I have a question for Evan. I recently did a Dynasty Startup draft. I started by loading up on wide receiver and running back, going heavier on wide receiver because I have found that running backs you get in rookie drafts compete earlier than wide receivers. What is your team-building strategy for a dynasty startup? Keep up the great work, Evan. Thank you. Pete.
1: Yeah, I think that my uh, approach to a dynasty startup, uh, has changed over the years um, five or so years ago i would have said hammering wide receivers um, you know early in the draft and that's you know the these guys they have staying power they get hurt less um, i just thought that they were better investments but we've seen sort of a running back renaissance um, at least in the in terms of the top running backs the top 13, 14, 15 running backs. And I think ideally I'd like to start my draft with two of those. First of all, my, my, my dynasty startup. First of all, these guys have more upside week to week than wide receivers. Um, especially in a PPR dynasty startup and most, most dynasty leagues are PPR. Um, cause they're, they're sort of like an, an, an advanced, you know, for therefore like the advanced thinkers and, This, you know, standard non-PPR is kind of, you know, kind of an older school um, league format. But they have more upside because, you know, you can get these 20 carry games where the guy also catches five passes, which is like almost like getting another touchdown. Uh, And then if they score a touchdown or two, I mean, these are like 30, 40 point weeks, you know, like that isn't really typically as much in the range of outcomes for wide receivers. I mean, that's a a lot more rare, but these guys like David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, those guys can, can have those absolute monster weeks. Um, And that's not as common at wide receiver and the running backs are more consistent week to week. I mean, just think about it in terms of opportunities because at wide receiver, you know, you're, you're looking at nine to 12 targets, per week for even an elite wide receiver one. And you, you know, the, the wide receiver has to catch a lot of those and he's got to turn them into yards and turn them into touchdowns. Whereas with a running back, you know, these guys, David Johnson, et cetera, at the top, they can get 30 or more opportunities to make plays. Um, So that, so they have higher uh, floors and they have higher ceilings and, you know, Everyone in your dynasty league is always looking for running backs. I mean, a running a good running back always has immense trade value, and um, I think that you know. So that in and of itself, like when you when you draft a good running back, he almost appreciates in value. Whereas I think that a wide receiver stays a little bit more stagnant, and then um, in terms of like later in the draft. You know, there are just a lot more opportunities in rounds like four on in a dynasty startup to get quality wide receivers um, that you can start every week. Uh, whereas, you know, there are only a handful, as I mentioned, like 12, 13, 14 guys with that David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, with that kind of scoring potential being in their range of potential outcomes.
0: Really, really love uh, when you guys get a chance to ask Evan a question. Keep them coming. Take advantage of any of the sponsors over at rostucker.com on the sponsor page. We told you about Pro Football Focus, and uh, we mentioned Squad QL since we have been tweeting about those guys. You know about Mott and Bao. I mean, there's a lot. Plus, there's a bunch over there. And Mott and Bao is the way, obviously, you can get the final spot into the league using the code FEAST, uh, but there's a lot of different ways you can get involved. And if you send it to me and say, hey, I want a free month of Tuckheads too, we'll give it to you. You can hang out with all the dudes over at Tuckheads.com. And dudettes, I might add. Uh, because there are a, an awesome group of ladies that are over at Tuckheads as well. That'll do it, though. Our first week of 2 days Evan. That was awesome. Hopefully you guys are following him on Twitter, at Evan Silva. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. The podcast handle is at RTF Podcast. Now is the time, please, to rate and review the show. That counts as a sponsor confirmation to ask Evan a question or to maybe to get in the season-long league. It counts. All you have to do is go ahead and rate and review the show, take a screenshot on your phone, and forward it to me, Ross at com, with your question. I'm stuffed. Those were awesome. I think we're done here.
1: Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft podcast, all available on iTunes at Rostucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.